The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Hey, this is Christina Quinn. I'm the host of Try This, the Washington Post's new series of audio courses. The idea behind Try This is to become better functioning humans without having to comb the internet for countless hours. In our first course, we learned how to sleep better. Now, we're going to learn how to make our friendships stronger. I'll offer expert tips that are doable, and I'll keep it short. So let's do this. Glasses in session. Find Try This from The Washington Post wherever you listen. Have you ever tried to explain this world to children? I have kids. Two of them. Have you ever sat down with a kid and tried to explain why there are Nazis marching in the exact place where you took them to the farmer's market and waited in line for pupusas? Have you ever tried to explain how a person who lies, assaults, insults, grifts, fakes, and hates can be elected into one of the most powerful jobs in the world? Have you ever tried to explain to them why they should be good people, how they should be good people in a world where there is so much bad, where they see people who look like them shot by police, murdered by vigilantes, run over at rallies? I have. And even though my whole job as a writer involves being so-called good with words, there are no words good enough to explain why things are the way they are and what we should do about it. It's too much. It's too big. It's too overwhelming. Maybe you don't have kids. Maybe you don't have to make this world make sense to children. So I ask you, how then do you make sense of it to yourself? Do you hide? Do you tell yourself that everything is fine? Do you convince yourself that you're doing everything you can? And do you make excuses for when you're not? I mean, do you know what to do, like today, like right now in this moment, to help? Do you know how to be a good person? Are you a good person? Because me, I'm not so sure. I'm not so sure about any of us. 
What does a good person in this world even look like? I mean, what would they tell you if you could find the time to sit down and listen to them? Did you ever have a scary dream? What did you do about it? There might have been one good guy on television, of all places. Did you tell the people you love about it? The people who love you? This old white guy in a zip-up cardigan and blue tennis shoes who played with puppets. When I was a little boy and I had a scary dream, sometimes I'd get some paper and crayons and I would draw pictures about my dream. I mean, is this the guy? Like, is this quiet dude staring into a camera and talking slowly about crayons? Is this the guy who can stand up to our very worst? And sometimes that would help so much that I was able to get back to sleep real soon. Mr. Rogers made it seem so easy, so casual to know how you're feeling, to be comfortable in your own skin. But it's not easy. It takes work. And that's actually what Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was all about. He was showing us how to do that work. It really helps to talk about the way you feel. Because everybody has feelings. All the time. In a time like this, Fred Rogers has something we desperately need. I think the real genius of Mr. Rogers having done his show and having it be targeted toward children is that what he has done is created a template for just how to recognize your feelings and know what it is, which is basically how you get to all the other stuff. It's how you grow. He taught us how to plant seeds. He taught us to plant seeds, seeds that were supposed to blossom into healthy, safe, caring, loving feelings for ourselves and then for all of our neighbors. And he he had three decades on television to show us, to convince us, to guide us into making the kind of world he dreamed of. And yet, here we are, in a world that is, well, it's not Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood. I'm Carvel Wallace, and this is Finding Fred, a podcast about Fred Rogers from iHeartMedia and Fatherly, in partnership with Transmitter Media. I'm a writer. I got my start by writing about music for MTV and Pitchfork and places like that. But for a few years, I was also the parenting advice columnist for Slate. And every week, we would read dozens of letters from desperate, frightened, weary parents wondering how to raise good people, how to be good people. And so I think a lot about what stands in the way for them, for us. But the other thing is, I grew up as a complete TV nerd. I mean, TV might have had more of an impact on how I understand the world than any adult in my life. And so now that I am the adult, the parent even, I find myself wondering what TV has to say to my kids, to our kids, about what we can do about the world we live in. And so that's how I get to Fred Rogers, a guy who made TV about this very question. You might have noticed there is an explosion of Mr. Rogers' nostalgia going around. But I'm curious about it. Like, why now? 
Fred has been dead for almost 20 years, and there are suddenly movies and documentaries and books. Why is it that generations of adults are all collectively having this nostalgia moment right now? I was really interested in feelings as a kid because nobody talked about feelings, but I seem to have so many. (laughs) This is Ashley C. Ford. She makes her living by thinking deeply about how people feel and trying to communicate something about how that impacts their inner lives and outer lives. I am a writer of essays, articles, and a memoir. And I am a Fred Rogers enthusiast. (laughs) What does that mean, a Fred Rogers enthusiast? Well, I think of being an enthusiast as being a a person who likes a thing from many, many uh, different angles. I remember being very, very little and like at nap time when I went to a babysitter, uh, she would put on Mr. Rogers. And I was like, yo, this is not going to put me to sleep. I'm fascinated. Like, I I loved Mr. Rogers. And so I was like, if you want to put me to sleep, you better put on Papa Beaver story time or something, because Mr. Rogers ain't it, lady. He's talking about all kinds of stuff that I'm interested in, you know? Lots of kids have had that experience. I mean, millions, actually. But Ashley has talked about how, as an adult, she found help from Mr. Rogers. I feel like at different stages of my life, I have come to understand the man and his impact. And I, I, I almost want to say the genius of his empathy. Like we talk about genius in so many capacities when it comes to other things and things that we think of as, you know, quote unquote hard. But empathy is really hard. <laughs> and talking to people about empathy and getting people to understand empathy is so hard. And this man was, I believe, a genius at it. And not just because of innate talent or inclination, but because he valued it and he committed to it and he worked really hard at it. Hmm. This I love this idea of being a, a genius of empathy. And to be a genius of, of something like empathy feels like a new idea because we tend to think of the realm of feelings uh, as not requiring work or mm-hmm. clarity, or <laughs> discipline. and um, That's our problem. Yeah, yeah, it is our problem. And I want to ask you about that. I want to, I mean, like, first in your own experience, what makes empathy difficult? Like, what, do you find empathy difficult, or something that requires work, rather? And if so, what makes empathy difficult? Empathy is difficult because people don't have empathy for themselves. Let's talk about empathy. That word is used everywhere today, so much so that it seems to have lost its power, because actually it's a pretty radical idea that we can so closely identify with another person that we can understand their feelings. A lot of us aren't even comfortable with our own feelings, anger, fear, sorrow, maybe even certain kinds of happiness. And if we're not comfortable with our feelings, then we're not really comfortable with ourselves, are we? So then, how can we be comfortable with other people? When Ashley came back to Mr. Rogers as an adult, she realized that these were the questions he was grappling with. Yes, watching the show did feel like being with an old caring friend, but there was way more going on there than just the warm and fuzzies. The first episode... 
is my favorite episode of Mr. Rogers. And I think what Mr. Rogers did was establish something in that first episode when he sings the song, I like you as you are. I like you as you are, exactly and precisely. I think you turned out nicely, and I like you as you are, I do. The first time I saw the episode, though, I wasn't a kid. I was an adult. (laughs) I'd had a really, really tough day, and I decided to take a bubble bath and have a glass of wine and just be in the Mm -hmm. tub and take care of myself. But I didn't want to be, like, alone with my thoughts because, you know, when you have, like, those sort of stressful, hard days that you're like, I need to watch anything. I need to do anything because being in my head, my head is not a safe space right now. And so I was like, oh, I'm going to set up the computer. I'm just going to play something. And I was like, what can I play that would just be so gentle? What can I watch that would be so gentle that it it just, it won't make right now harder for me? And Hmm. I just thought of Mr. Rogers, click the first episode of Mr. Rogers, and I'm crying in the bathtub. I like you, yes I do. I like you, Y-O-U. I felt like I had rediscovered a piece of myself, like a part of myself, which happens as you age. Like you start to think about all the things that you've cast off for reasons that when you look back are like, that was to fit into something else. And I miss that thing and I want it back. And I'm sitting there and I'm listening to this song, I Like You As You Are, and I'm remembering, holy shit, I used to like myself. I wouldn't want to change you or even rearrange you, not by far. I used to really, really like who I was, and I don't feel like that right now. And it was the beginning of trying to like myself again. I like you, yes I do. I like you, I owe you, I do. I like you, like you, as you are. You like what we've done in here? We'll be right back. I'm going to give you some straightforward advice on how to deal with naughty kids. How about instead of timeouts, time ins? Time for you to start paying some bills. I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward, inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a giggillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit att.com slash hypergig for details. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of. A degree that employers will trust and respect. 
Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. There's a lot happening these days. But I have just the thing to get you up to speed on what matters, without taking too much of your time. The 7 from the Washington Post is a podcast that gives you the 7 most important and interesting stories, and we always try to save room for something fun. You get it all in about 7 minutes or less. I'm Hannah Jewell. I'll get you caught up with The 7 every weekday. So follow The 7 right now. That first episode of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood aired nationally in 1968. In the world in 1968, it felt probably a lot like the world does now. Scary, chaotic, and unspeakably violent. There was the war in Vietnam, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.'s assassination, and the protests and uprisings that came after. Anger and confusion hung over a lot of adults. And Fred's revolutionary move was to recognize that their kids were probably feeling it, too. The very first week of the show, when it premiered, had to do with the ruler of the make-believe land, King Friday the 13th, uh, building a wall to keep out people and ideas that he didn't want in his kingdom. Now, that's creepy when you think about it in 2019. David Biancoli knows a big TV moment when he sees one. He's watched a ton of them. He's been a television critic for over 40 years. And yeah, he loves The Sopranos, and he loves Breaking Bad, and he loves all the prestige television about people murdering one another and dissolving bodies in acid or whatever. But he's also fascinated with the first week of Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood and the things Fred Rogers was able to communicate in a land of make-believe. Lady Elaine has been up to her tricks again, and she's moved the Eiffel Tower on the wrong side of the castle, and the tree has gone way from over here to the middle, and the clock is over here, and the fountain, well, it's just all mixed around. He must be really upset. He's furious about it, and he has established border guards. In the neighborhood of make-believe? That sounds like a war. The people in his kingdom, the other puppets, the other characters, send out balloons. Boy, do you ever look nifty with all those balloons. Over the wall that are nice, supportive balloons. Like, you know, we like you. Love, this one says. We want to get to know you. And they decide a wall and a barrier isn't a good thing. Now, this was, you know, 1968, and it's dealing with Vietnam, essentially. But... It still resonates. I mean, much more than I'm comfortable with it resonating. 
Vietnam was just one in what seemed like a laundry list of dark and difficult news items in 1968. Because earlier that summer... Bobby Kennedy was shot and Fred Rogers asked for a primetime special because he understood that even if children were too young to understand who Bobby Kennedy was or what had happened, they would feel the vibe in their own homes about how upset their parents were, how upset uh, their older siblings were, and wanted to talk about it. So in one sketch, he has Daniel Striped Tiger... Just a minute, I want to show you something. ...asking Betty Aberlin, one of the human people who visits in the neighborhood, and... It's a balloon. Oh, a balloon. Could you blow it up for me? Asked her to blow up a balloon and then let the air out and do it a few times. And he was concerned about something, this this little puppet. What about your air? My my air inside me? Mm-hmm. What if you blow all your air out? Then you won't have any left, just like the balloon. But people aren't like balloons, Daniel. When we blow air out, we get some more back in. Oh. What does assassination mean? And this is out of a children's hand puppet. As far as you know, did any other children's shows address that topic? No. And, and, and I've looked. I just ask you, in 2019, regardless of what... Uh, the big news event is. Can you imagine any children's television program that's on right now uh, coming up almost with uh, like a news special addressing the emotional consequences of it? It doesn't exist. This special ran the evening after Bobby Kennedy died. Fred Rogers wrote this scene overnight. He was so tuned into his audience that he knew that this was something that children and their families absolutely needed to hear. Fred Rogers empathized with the kids who were feeling so scared and confused, so he talked right to those kids. And then he talked to their parents, too, about how to help the children. The best thing in the world is for your children to be included in your family ways of coping with the problems that, that present themselves anytime, but particularly now in this very difficult time in our nation. Fred Rogers invented a neighborhood where people got together to talk about the things that confused them or scared them. And he used this place to show his viewers what you have to do to work through your emotions. And in doing that, he was able to communicate complex concepts, moral, even spiritual concepts, concepts that even adults are still struggling to get a hold of. Empathy is about like sort of finding the space 
between the parts that connect, right? Hmm. Like we know as humans that we're connected to each other inextricably and irrevocably. Like we know that because we have to live in the world together and we have to rely on each other. I, um, in working on this project, I'm like really struck with a par- what seems to me an apparent paradox. I think that this question of empathy feels so complicated for some people because on the one hand, it's like, are you saying we should have empathy for for rapists and racists and violent people and white supremacists. I think that makes people feel panicked about the idea of empathy. And I want to explore that a little bit with you. Like, how do you see those ideas working together? Well, let me start here. Mm-hmm. I'll start by saying, um, and <laughs> I guess I'll just say whatever I say, and you guys can decide whether or not that's not appropriate. Um my father has was in prison from the time I was about, oh, six months old until I was almost 30. And my dad was, I found out when I was 14 years old that my dad was in prison for sexual assault, that that's why he was there and that that's why he would be there for <laughs> however long. And my dad had also written me letters up until that point my entire life. I mean, just so many letters. You're the best girl in the world. I love you so much. You're my favorite girl. Um, I think you're amazing. Never forget that your dad loves you. I'm thinking of you all the time. Nothing is better than your smile. You know, like all this kinds of stuff. And that had been, to be perfectly honest, like the basis of my self-esteem. And then to find out that this was true um, about my father was really, really tough for me. But it started the beginning of a real understanding, the complexity (laughs) of humanity, and that a person can be one person's hero and another person's worst nightmare and their monster and the thing that was hiding in the dark. And both of those things can be true about a person, right? (laughs) Like, it has to be. Like, there there was no other way to see this. He has both done a bad thing and he, a terrible thing, a a monstrous thing. And he has also, you know, been the thing that up until this point has kept me from feeling like I was alone in the world. And the truth is we're connected to these people for better or worse. We all want to be good, to be friendly, to be neighbors, at least most of us. But when we see other people acting well, bad, we get hurt. We lose our own balance. We get mad. There are a lot of reactions to the state of our country, the state of the world, the state of society, all those things. There are a lot of reactions right now that it is perfectly understandable for people to be this angry. And so I don't really blame the people who are kind of hot-headed and lose their minds or, you know, like, or, or are so, seem so consumed by their anger that they're more angry than alive. Like, I, I don't blame them. But I do always think, man, who's going to be there and how are they going to deal when the anger stops being enough? Because it'll never be enough. It will never, ever, 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 ever be enough. What do you do with the mad that you feel when you feel so mad you could bite? 
When the whole wide world seems so oh so wrong And nothing you do seems very right What do you do with the mad you feel? It's a question that preoccupied Fred Rogers. He wrote a song about it. He felt so strongly about it that he recited the lyrics to that song in front of a Senate committee hearing in 1969. All right, Rogers, you got the floor. <laughs> it's a famous bit of footage, and we'll return to it again, but I'm struck that this is one of the first times Fred Rogers was really explicit about what he was doing with his TV programs. And I feel that if we in public television can only make it clear that feelings are mentionable and manageable, we will have done a great service for mental health. Uh, I think that it's much more dramatic that two men could be working out their feelings of anger, much more dramatic than showing something of gunfire. Could I tell you the words of one of the songs which I feel is very important? Yes. This has to do with that good feeling of control, which I feel that the children need to know is there. And it starts out, what do you do with the mad that you feel? And that first line came straight from a child. What do you do with the mad that you feel? When you feel so mad, you could bite. When the whole wide world seems oh so wrong, and nothing you do seems very right. What do you do? Do you punch a bag? Do you pound some clay or some dough? Do you round up friends for a game of tag or see how fast you go? It's great to be able to stop when you've planned a thing that's wrong and be able to do something else instead and think this song. I can stop when I want to can stop when I wish, can stop, 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 any time. And what a good feeling to feel like this. And what a good feeling to feel like this and know that the feeling is really mine. I guess that makes me think a lot about the force of anger and the violence Mm. and ugliness that anger can cause. And here's this person sort of standing at the riverhead of anger and wanting to divert it. And I think that's a fascinating idea. And I want to ask you, what do you do, Ashley, with the mad that you feel? Oh, my God. I think... Because anger is a thing that I had to teach myself, give myself permission to feel in my adulthood, um, because I grew up in a very angry uh, household Mm. where anger was the emotion du jour, Mm-hmm. Um, but every day, uh, <laughs> I, I think what I have learned to do with my anger is to talk to it, which sounds so, I, I know that it sounds a little woo woo, but Hey, this is Mr. Rogers. <laughs> um, but I do, I talk to my anger because what I've, uh, what I've essentially learned is that every emotion is just trying to tell you something. And when I'm angry, I think it's trying to tell me what I care about. It's trying to tell me what's important to me. Years ago, um, I was really angry. I was working at a media company and the Ferguson uprising was happening. 
and the newsroom was covering it. We were all talking about it. And I had a conversation with a boss who told me that they did not want me to tweet out the words Black Lives Matter because it was political and it could affect my colleagues' ability to do their job. And I remember feeling so angry at the implication that I could choose. That's not just a choice. And I think that's when I just got to a point where I was just like, you know what, I can, I'm going to do something and it's going to be something that they're not going to be able to do anything about. I ended up raising about half a million dollars for the Ferguson Library because it was a really safe place for children. Schools were closed and teachers were going to the library and just sending emails to parents and saying, hey, if you need to bring your kid to the library, we're just all going to go to the library. And it's not that it makes the anger go away, but what it does is it it makes the anger not feel chaotic. I'm giving it a job so that I don't have to live with it in my body. What do you do with the man that you feel? What do you do with the sadness the frustration? What do you do with the joy and the surprise or the love that you feel? Over something like 900 episodes, Fred Rogers used the language of children and a land of make-believe to talk about feelings. But this is not light work. Mr. Rogers' Neighborhood was not a simple show. And Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, was not a simple man. He was a preacher who did his best work on television. He was a wildly talented musician and composer who wrote songs primarily heard by four-year-olds. He was deeply involved with people who were transforming the very way we think about children and learning. Fred Rogers was a radical. In a sense, he was spiritual. He was revolutionary. I mean, he might have even been subversive. Meow get scared, meow meow get mad. If we get too scared about fights, we'll never do things together, ever. Meow, meow think meow right. I think this is the calming down way to say I love you. Fred Rogers left us an enormous body of work. A roadmap, I think, that we can revisit to see what we can learn that still applies as much today as it did in 1968. So we're going to talk to the people who knew him best. What was true about Fred Rogers is he was was tuned in at a deeper level than most people. In the daytime, I was learning this complex child development theory in grad school. And at night, I would come into the control room And I would see Fred live out all the things I was learning about. We'll also seek out people like Ashley and others who grew up with Mr. Rogers, people who recognize there's something deeper going on there. We're going to try to understand some of what Fred coded into his children's program and see if we can put it into a language for the adults who so desperately need it now. 
We're trying to crawl into the mind of Fred Rogers. How did this singular dude from an Appalachian town happen to develop some of the most spiritually sophisticated, substantial, maybe even essential television of all time? You can call his work a philosophy, but it really just comes down to this. How can Fred Rogers help us be better neighbors? Next week. When I met Fred Rogers, he was a very unusual positive energy. So damn unusual. And by that I mean those puppets. <laughs> what on earth was a grown man doing playing with those puppets? Finding Fred is produced by Transmitter Media. The team is Dan O'Donnell, Jordan Bailey, and Maddie Foley. Our editor is Sarah Nix. Editorial help from Michael Garofalo. The executive producer for Transmitter Media is Greta Cohn. Executive producers at Fatherly are Simon Isaacs and Andrew Berman. Music by Blue Dot Sessions and Allison Leighton-Brown. And thanks to the team at iHeart. If you like what you're hearing, rate the show, review the show, and tell a friend. I'm Carvel Wallace. Thank you for listening. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Are you on the hunt for a new home this spring? But don't know where to start? Fisher Homes is your solution. Your new home should reflect you from the front door to the kitchen and even your outdoor space. Start your journey by selecting your ideal home site, like in a cul-de-sac or that's tree-lined, and then choose from a variety of expertly designed floor plans. Bring it all together at our Lifestyle Design Center. Let Fisher Homes be your new home solution this spring and start making memories at fisherhomes.com. The wait is almost over. Get ready for the 2024 NFL season as the full schedule is announced. Every rivalry, every rematch, every rookie debut, every game revealed. The 2024 NFL schedule release presented by Verizon coming in May. Live on NFL Network, ESPN2, and streaming on NFL+. Terms and conditions apply to NFL+. Visit nfl.com slash schedule release to learn more. Good sleep should come naturally, and with the new Natural Hybrid mattress, it can. A collaboration between Lisa and West Elm, the Natural Hybrid is expertly crafted from natural latex, natural wool, and certified safe foams to elevate your sleep sanctuary and support a greener tomorrow. Plus, every purchase helps fuel Lisa's work with shelters and those in need. Don't put off a good night's sleep any longer. Get a Lisa mattress today for a sound sleep tonight. Visit lisa.com slash iHeart. That's l-e-e-s-a dot com slash slash iHeart.